In each episode of the Rebel Educator podcast, you'll hear discussions with world-class educators, students, and thought leaders in education as I extract the tactics, tools, and routines that you can use as teachers and parents. I'm Tanya Sheckley, founder of Up Academy and host of Rebel Educator. I invite you to join me for these conversations as I discover how to shift the classroom, the learning environment, the mindset, and the pedagogy to resist tradition, reignite wonder, and reimagine the future of education. Subscribe to Rebel Educator wherever you get your podcasts. On today's show, the guys are talking about digital footprints and what students can do about making sure theirs is all cleaned up. We also have an East Initiative update and some information about the Conrad Challenge. All of that and more up next on EduTech Guys. EduTech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site and this program for those of participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. Hello and welcome to this episode of EduTech Guys Radio. I'm David Henderson. Hey, and I'm Jeff Madlock. Welcome to the show. Hope you guys are doing great out there uh, today, whether it's the afternoon or morning or evening, whenever you're listening to us. Yeah, I hope it's cool and folly. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we're not having that here. <laughs> well, you know, it's not too bad. It hasn't gotten out of the upper 80s. You know, it's tipped into 90, but at night it's really nice. Yes, yes. Yeah, my air condition doesn't kick on as much anymore. Yeah, amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> Just saving, saving those electric bills, man. But, you know, you can you, you can feel it falls coming. And, uh, yeah. I don't know if you've noticed this. Have you noticed these mushrooms growing everywhere? I have not. Okay, well, yeah, there's these weird white Maybe mushrooms Maybe only going. you see the mushrooms. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, not good. good. <laughs> I smell burning feathers too. What's that mean? No. That's a <laughs> Hey, listen, check us out on the web at www.edutechguys.com. Heck, just go to Google. I say this every week and I I know you people are doing it. If you'll go out to Google and you'll type in edutech guys, you're going to find us out there. We're out there. In fact, we should just pop right up. And if you see our pictures, it'll scare us not out of you. <laughs> It really it is October. Boo. I was just going to say, perfect for <laughs> Halloween. Hey, you know, we got a Halloween show this year. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. It's going to be, be very cool. Yeah, we, we're going to have actually some bats live on the show. I'm just kidding. Louisville, sluggers. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's uh, we, have, we have a great show for you today. We've been discussing some stuff. You know, heck, David, let's just get right into it. All right. So I'm just going to jump into a, a thought that I had. All right. Regarding uh, a couple of things. Uh, one of our edutech friends, we've had her on the show several times, uh, Ginger Lumen, shared a post of a graphic regarding sexual uh, um, predators, predators and, and, and along those same lines uh, regarding um, accusations and, and, whether, and, and the percentage of false accusations. All right. So that got me to thinking about uh, it turns out that, that, that the graphic for that report doesn't accurately represent what the report supposedly says so there's a thousand little people pictured on the graphic and supposedly two percent of all accusations are false that's fine except in the graphic only two of the people are marked as false you know false accusations well that's two out of a thousand not two out of a hundred two percent is two out of a hundred so that kind of got me to thinking about the fact that and so later um there's there's a follow-up article that well, the, first the, of all you've gotten into math so you've lost <laughs> there, but go ahead okay so uh, the person who put it out um her name is uh sarah 
and, and I apologize for not knowing how to pronounce her name, but Balu or Bolu or something along those lines. She even followed up a post that said, you know, many people have talked about the inaccuracies in the graphic, in the report, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But she left the data and everything out there anyway. No, if, you, if it's wrong and you know it's wrong, then why are you leaving it online? That spurred a thought in my head about what's going on with the whole Kavanaugh situation. Okay. Now, I'm not getting into the, you know, he said, she said type thing, but where I am going with this is that part of what's going on with Kavanaugh is they are pulling up letters that he wrote. Literally physical things about him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Was it yearbooks and calendars? Yes. And exactly. Stuff like yes. That? Yes. Yeah. So all From this, the early 80s, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So long before they, anybody was putting anything online, or at least long before the general public was putting things, you know, quote unquote online well that got me to thinking about today's student population you know when we talk about digital footprints and students in the digital playground and and the different things that students are posting now that they don't necessarily understand the implications or even think about the ramifications of what they're posting how that may play out down the road so my thinking is that one of the things that we need to teach students is that you're, you're posting this stuff, right? So first of all, I would encourage anybody who works with students or if you're a student and you happen to be listening to this, look back at the stuff you've posted online. Even, even if you just posted it a year ago, two years ago, do you still feel that way? Is it something you still believe in? Is it something you still think should be out there? And if not, clean it up, get it offline. I realize you can't clean everything off and all that, but seriously, get rid of it. My thing is this, 20 years down the road, 30, 40 years down the road, this is all digital online. So 30 years from now, something that a student posts today could come back to bite them in the butt. Why would you not have them clean that up as they go along? So as you are moving through high school, about to go into college, Go back through your digital portfolio, your your online presence, and clean up the crap that doesn't apply to you anymore. I'm not saying it's even negative or bad or harassing or anything like that. It could just simply be, I don't think this way anymore, therefore I need to get rid of that. Okay, in rebuttal. <laughs> Come on, hit me with it. That's a that's that's some great stuff. You know, it's interesting. Um, my grandfather had told me way back in the early 80s, that when you're in a high-profile job, um, then papers last forever. Uh, Microfish, they can find an article about you anywhere. And, th and that sure. was you know, how that kind of hung around then. Okay. You know, Every time your face gets a picture in the wrong place, then the Washington Post would go to the, you know, and look at everything that was ever printed about you. But you're right, now we're talking about that times a Googleplex. Right. Because it's everywhere. And, and I agree with you completely. You know, it's, it's out there. We should teach them how not to do it. But. Okay. <clears throat> it's hard to tell them, to tell these generations now, that you need to take off that picture holding that liquor bottle at a party um, or out with your friends at night or, you know, the bikini pics and all this kind of stuff. You should take those down when they base their lifestyles after people that are doing that and making 
millions of dollars and are famous and have, you know, millions and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers. Um, you know, that's what's interesting is that, you know, you shouldn't do this because look what happened to uh, Brett, Brett Kavanaugh. You know, this is why you shouldn't do this. But Ryan Reynolds just bought um, a liquor company and his wife just posted a graphic where she's, you know, doing something inappropriate with another man in the kitchen with your liquor bottle on the thing. So how, how do you, and I'm not, right. I'm not no, saying I, I'm not I, negating I the idea, that. but it's just like, you know, right. I mean, you know, you've seen the pictures out me with me out there. They're, <laughs> they're racing. I mean, it's like me covered in dirt from mowing the yard. Whoa. You know, you remember that time, Jeff, we wanted that John Deere came after you and, <laughs> but, but I, I, you see what I'm getting at? I do. These kids today look at, they respect the power of entertainment before they respect the power of being nominated for the uh, Supreme Court. Well, sure. And, and I totally get that. I mean, you know, as you were talking, one of the, one of the first things that's popped into my head is the whole, uh, you know, like Jake Paul, Logan Paul, you know. And I'll be honest, I can't remember off the top of my head which is which and who did what and all that. But, you know, you have these kind of bad boys of YouTube, or at least one of them, and they do stupid stuff. They post stupid stuff and they get a slap on the wrist for all intents and purposes, gain millions of followers because of it, end up making millions of dollars because of it. Yeah, I mean, you're right. How do you how do you no bad. PR. So so how do you convince students how do we convince students that that's actually not the way to go even though yes it is potentially a road to riches and infamy i'm not going to call it famous but infamy when you know so they see that how how do we how do we help them understand that that's not the way to go i i think it's about and, and it's and now now i'll you know I'll jump on board with you because I believe that it's very important. So how do we do it? To me, it's showing the good side of it instead of the bad side of it. Every time, and we talk about this, and there's a lot of great programs out there in schools that talk about, you know, think before you put something on. Right. Will it hurt someone's feelings? Will it, you know, there's multiple steps you can go through. What if you even start with the fact that let's spend more time putting stuff out as entrepreneurs, as edupreneurs, as students looking to create a lifestyle for themselves. Um, and then I'm so overwhelmed with that, I don't have time to put this other stuff out. And I think once you built an image and once you build an image that's a positive image, then you're or a negative image. You spend all the time in the world trying not to negate that image. So if we start helping students to understand about building a positive image online, then they will do everything they can to protect that positive positive image as it brings in them more success or more recognition. It's like, hey, I've got to always protect my image. Right. And, and that's it. We have to help students find their voice and find out who they are right. and promote who they are. Yep. And if that's with 10 followers or 10,000 followers, then their job is to make sure that they're always promoting themselves as who's they are, who they are, which means they think first and foremost, I can't post this. If I post this, it's going to offend those people that follow me. Now, a lot of people will say, well, you know, about freedom of choice and free voice and, you know, freedom of press. But, you know, that's interesting. I follow a lot of people online mm -hmm. who have 
hundreds of thousands of millions of followers. Sure. And they don't post anything that's inappropriate. Right. In fact, they sometimes just steer clear of, you know, anything political, which we do. I mean, this just came up as a topic that was something that jogged your memory and made you think about what's going on. Right. And and, and it's shoved we're not, down our throat every day. <laughs> well, well, and, and we're not getting into the politics side. We're right. actually looking at the, here, you know, pulling up content from, you know, the skeletons in the closet type yep. thing. Yep. What basically what is being used against you know individuals right i mean heck even his uh even even his accuser dr ford so, you know some of the things she has said and done has been pulled up yeah from her past no one's safe anymore right and and i think you're right and it's easier now i mean it's a google way oh it's absolutely easier and that's now. really scary and so part of my continued thought about this is and where i sort of was kind of leaning you know now that we've kind of expanded the conversation so we're we're ideally helping students find their voice share their voice so what happens in a few years down the road 10 years down the road 20 years down the road when that voice we help them find is no longer the voice they want to project sure and and that's and and that's where we're back to you know teaching them how to change that Mm -hmm. i mean think how many people in the history of entertainment and politics have rebranded themselves without the internet right you know and so that meant that they had to do it the old-fashioned way write a book get in a magazine article or the newspaper or you know take a tour around the country and show up and speak to people now you don't even have to do that so you're right now it's we're really talking about it's okay to rebrand yourself it's okay to have a different opinion right and you know with technology now it's very easy to do that and i think we're starting to see that um everyone's realizing that marketing is like a a beautiful all-encompassing everyone should know how to market themselves mm-hmm. i mean you know how to market yourself you're ready for the job interview you're ready for the college interview sure. you're ready for to get into a sorority or a fraternity um a business group you know anything that you need to do you've got to market yourself yeah. and and that's something that's and, and marketing can change. I mean, look, the Dunkin' Donuts is now Dunkin'. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, international go. International House of Pancakes is now that's International right. Council House of Burgers. So, or they went back. <laughs> well, they, they did go back. So, you know. But you know, it, and it's and it's obvious that you can do that because look at Nike. Well, Nike's cut its throat. It's cut its throat this time, really, because the stocks don't show that. Right. Yeah, so absolutely but you know i think that we're seeing more and more of our educators realizing that and using that to uh to make sure that they're you know teaching that kind of stuff in class and, and i think we're all readily available and understanding that we need to change a lot of schools have started realizing that if they can cut social media out of the school day it fixes a lot of problems mm. and it does because we passed notes in the 80s and the 70s, you know, sure. you write your note and you pass your note. And that was uh, still a lot of lag. <laughs> you know, here's a, right. there could be a two hour lag in that before someone ever read it. And That's then right. It, not, not to mention the not to mention the uh, high percentage of data interception. Exactly. You know, did it get to the right person <laughs> right. it was supposed to get to? Yeah. But yeah. see, you know, in real time, that causes uh, arguments and fights in the hallways sure. and on the campus. And, you know, uh, distraction, distraction. Sure. And that's what's interesting about everything that's happening here that I look at it is, is that unfortunately we've allowed this kind of stuff to become a huge distractions to our everyday life. Oh, oh it, it absolutely is. And, and, and I'm talking about 
this kind of stuff that, and it's always happening, mm-hmm. you know, all the way back to Clarence Thomas, if we just want to look at that. But these distractions distract Americans, distract human beings, distract the world from what they should really be, you know, living. And we, we get these distractions in the way, and then it creates other distractions like we're talking about now. You know, like, well, I've got to go clean up this and I've got to clean up that. And you never think about that till it happens. It's right. Like, oh, maybe they're right. Well, and by the same token, though, I think I think we need these these sort of um, I don't want to call them milestones necessarily, but we need these checkpoints. We need these checkpoints every so often to remind us that a your past can come back to haunt you, and b that you really you really need to even at a very young early age you need to be very aware of what you're saying what you're writing what you're uh you know in this case you know these days tweeting and posting in pics on you know instagram or snapchat you know the videos you put out you really have to you really have to consider the content you're putting out there and and then i'm going to jump all the way back to the beginning of this conversation in terms of not just content that might be questionable, but one of my biggest soapbox pet peeves, whatever you want to call it, is where you have the situation where you have someone who puts forth information, ties it to a graphic, fully admits that the information is not completely fleshed out and that the graphic that is being uh, you know, gone viral over the internet is um, not quite accurate. Instead of fixing the graphic, fixing the data, you simply put out a message that says, "Yeah, I know it needs. I know it needs work." Now, in her particular case, she did a TED talk on what was wrong with that. That's fine, but why do you still have the old data out there? Because that's what everybody's pointing to. And maybe if they dig a little bit, then yes, you find the TED talk where she, you know, addresses those issues. No, get the old data off the web. Yeah, I agree. That's and and that's that brings us right back to students, and that's that's right. called editing yourself. Exactly. Even even later, you know, if, if I publish a paper, especially if it's research based, I publish research. And it turns out that the research I did is now, you know, it's been superseded or now I I can understand to a certain respect, depending on what the research is, perhaps it's its purpose is to serve as the initial research for the further research that was done. Okay, I sort of get that. But I I don't know, in in my mind, I, I just think if I had research out there and I knew the research was wrong years later then it's my responsibility to get the bad research or the inaccurate research off the web out of the public eye just you know it's time to put that away you know in the old days they would just not print it anymore right it just would you know be gone (laughs) so so you know there's a really cool one um that we'd like you to tell us some more information david and i are by no means experts on uh, using the web for social media and uh we we do know a lot because we we use it very heavily ourselves but when it comes to some of the things that are happening really like to find out um about you know what's going down out there with you so uh you're listening to edutech guys Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break uh listen to something about the conrad challenge and we'll be right back after this 
The EduTech guys are a proud media partner for the Conrad Challenge. The Conrad Challenge is inspired by the rich legacy of Apollo 12 astronaut Pete Conrad. Students who participate in the Conrad Challenge, they don't need to learn to think outside the box. There is no box. Ideas can grow beyond any limits imaginable. Student teams develop commercially viable solutions to the world's most complex problems. They learn to be entrepreneurial problem solvers, addressing challenging social, scientific, and societal issues through ingenuity and the building of effective business plans. Students who participate in the challenge maintain their own intellectual property. Groups learn to solve challenges big and small, local and global, scientific and societal, earthbound and beyond. Some students then go on to launch businesses to further develop their inventions. Registration for the Conrad Challenge is currently open for the 2018-2019 Challenge. It closes Friday, October 19th, 2018. For entry, teams of two to five students aged 13 to 18 are invited to register. Each team must have, must have a coach who can be an educator, a parent, or an adult from uh, an after-school program. Registration and more information is at www.conradchallenge.org. Remember the deadline, October 19th, 2018. Conrad Challenge. Collaborate. Educate. Innovate. I'm Doug Usewell with your East Update. This week's update is from the desk of Teacher of the Year nominee and finalist, Brittany Berry of Helen Tyson Middle School. I am the East facilitator at Helen Tyson Middle School. I serve students ranging in age from 11 to 13, so 6th and 7th graders in a uh, nice public school environment. This week, Brittany details how her middle school students are working towards solving community hunger with some well-known partners. A lot of our kids gravitate towards food insecurity projects, I think, probably across the state. One, because Arkansas tends to teeter between 49th and 50th in terms of uh, food availability for, for children and the elderly. So it definitely is a problem. I think it's also something very concrete and something that some of our students, more than we would like, have experienced in their own lives. So mm -hmm. they feel empowered by making a difference there. So my students last year made a connection with Jessica McClard. She's the founder of the Little Free Pantry Movement. She's based out of Fayetteville, so really close to us, and she'd just gotten a very large grant through Tyson Foods. Um, and so they visited with her and learned that they she had some mapping issues and needs, and so the kids have been working on filling those. But she was also in connection with John Hopkins University on some research on whether or not Little Free Pantries, so a kind of a take what you need, leave what you don't need kind of movement, like little free libraries. But she, because of the nature of them, had no data, no concrete data to back up um, how much food mo moves in and out of a pantry, particular trends in time of day, of weather, of all of that. So the students have worked with her and then a, another local partner um, to build using an Arduino a data logger that can go in the bottom of little free pantries and calculate the weight that in and out of them and how often the door opens and closes. So you would be able to track the time and the weather and the date 
and whether or not the door was open and whether or not items were placed on or off the scale to look at how much food on average by weight that people take at one time or leave at one time. So we're looking forward to, we're still kind of working out the kinks. That's kind of how East works, you know, making sure that it's weatherproof and it's reliable and all of that. Um, But we're still, we're hoping to kind of enter the final prototyping stages in the next month and be able to provide for her the data that she needs in order to move her movement forward. If you're interested in the changes East students are making in their community, follow us on social media at The East Initiative. Our music today is Hip Hop Attitude from Sam at Cutter Morningstar. With the East Update, I'm Doug Usewell. Hey, thanks, Doug, from the East Initiative Update. Welcome to the Edutech Geist East Initiative team. That's yeah. very cool. East is always great. We're looking forward to working with them more in the future. It's going to be awesome. They always give us great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, and don't forget the Conrad Challenge. Visit them at conradchallenge.org. The last day to sign up is October 19th. Yeah, and that is coming up very quickly. Very quickly. <laughs> so is Halloween. Boo. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, so. and one of the really cool things about the Conrad Challenge is they have their their grand finale uh, where they announce the uh, winners of the competition that they've got and all that good stuff. That's in April at the uh, Kennedy Space Center. Yeah, I'm flying a rocket, baby. Yeah, we're going to be there. <laughs> so I'm going to have to put the restraints on him. Yeah, I like him. Rocket man. <laughs> so. Hey, but before we get there, uh, we've got a few things coming up really quickly here hey october 18th we're at arcot in little rock with the arkansas convention of technology and then uh on that saturday two days later we're in houston texas uh doing tcca yeah so those are the big ones coming up um then at the end of november you can find us in colorado springs at um aesa yeah so uh we'll be at aesa uh rolling into december and then starting off next year we're going to be at fetc in orlando florida we've got um the ISIL, I-C-E, Illinois, conference Mm -hmm. illinois computer (laughs) educators yes i was trying to remember what that's in february sorry that's in february we get a little break for the first of spring unless something comes up and then boom we're at kennedy space center and i'm flying a rocket yeah there you go oh and we're gonna be some other stuff with the conrad (laughs) challenge but i'm gonna be there flying a rocket so (laughs) hey listen we hope you've enjoyed the show we've had a blast remember to tweet out to us tell us what we're doing if it's good if it's bad if you want to hear some other stuff make sure you follow us on twitter on all social media to keep up with these two dudes the edu tech guys hey i'm jeff madlock i'm david henderson we'll catch you next time you've been listening to edutech guys radio radio.edutechguys.com the opinions expressed on the site this program to those of participants is not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity sponsor company state or government agency this is ross romano from the authority here on the b podcast network It's the show where I interview people who know what they're talking about, and no matter your role, we have some recent episodes you won't want to miss. I spoke with Mark Miller, international best-selling author and VP of High Performance Leadership at Chick-fil-A, about his brand new book, Culture Rules. Kate Everly Walker, CEO of Presence and author of The Good Boss, joined the show, and we've had conversations with Baruti Caffele, Peter DeWitt, Julie Evans, and many more. Join us each week for ideas to address your current pain points, New perspectives from authors you admire and fresh takes from up-and-coming voices. Subscribe to the Authority Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.